Welcome to Growth Hack by Poppy Digital. Tips and tricks to master the algorithms from industry insiders. Now here's your host, Julian Espinoza. Welcome back to Growth Hack, where we break down marketing channels like Google, Facebook, Instagram, and show them how to make them work for you. Data. Just saying that word feels overwhelming. We've entered this world where we have so much data, and now we don't even know what to do with it. Well, some of you do, but the reality is we're sitting on so much data that we're not taking advantage of. Think about the finance department. They probably have valuable assets like data points that the marketing department would like to know about. You would think what finance has is available to marketing, but it's simply not. On today's episode of Growth Hack, we bring in Janet Driscoll-Miller. Janet is the president and the CEO of the award-winning digital marketing firm, Marketing Mojo, and the author of Data First Marketing, How to Compete and Win in the Age of Analytics. Janet has helped companies from small businesses to large corporations fix their analytics issues. Please enjoy this conversation with Janet Driscoll-Miller. Welcome, Janet. Thanks, Julian. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. And we'd love to get started right away on these shows. So we're going to hit you with uh, the tough questions. And I was thinking about this for a while because uh, you have a book. And I, I was reading some of the book and, and thinking about like how we were going to start this interview. And we're at a place right now where companies and marketers have access to so many tools. Google Analytics, uh, QuickBooks, CRMs, automation tools like HubSpot. I mean, it's overwhelming all of these tools. I mean, you've seen the pictures and you've seen all the tools that, that, that live in the marketing universe. But what I've seen, a big trend has been really hard to integrate the data. And there's something that stood out to me in your book. Can you tell us, and I think we should, we should start is start with data first marketing. Can you tell us what that is and what that means to you? Absolutely. So data first marketing is the idea, which I think most most marketers really care about, and that's putting data at every step of campaigns and your efforts in marketing and um, and tracking the business goals as well, tracking the right type of data. Um, and so that's how we define data-first marketing, making sure it's at the central, uh, central part of what we're doing in marketing. So Janet, you talk about putting tools and, and tracking sort of every step of the process when it comes to our digital footprint and, and, and all these marketing concepts. What does that look like and what does that feel like? Well, first and foremost, as you were saying, integrating that data is really key because as marketers, we want to be able to measure our outcomes and we want to measure the outcomes to what the business cares about, not just metrics that we might easily and readily have available. And so that means we have to be able to integrate. There's lots of great tools today that help you integrate these things, but you need to figure out what are the tools I need to integrate? Where does the data lie that I need to be able to understand fully if my campaigns are working the way I expect them to? You know, and, and there's sometimes there's a disconnect between the leadership and, and the marketing team. Um, there There's these challenges where marketing has these goals, leadership has these goals, uh, accounting has these tools, and it's just kind of like this overall disaster of like what's going on, partially in, in communication and, and, and just literally not even knowing that some of these tools can be available to the marketing team. So what's going on and how do we solve that? So what I feel like marketing leadership really needs to do at this point is 
really get a seat at the table. That's a real challenge. CMOs, VPs of marketing need to have a seat at the table. Um, I think, you know, one of the things we talk about in the book is, is how little respect marketing gets. It's really sad uh, compared to CFOs. CMOs have much less respect in the organization. Um, and it's unfortunate because the CMO or the marketing leadership are going to really understand what needs to be done to reach those goals, but they're not often invited to the table. And so it's really incumbent upon the CMO or the marketing leadership to really insert themselves as best possible to get those answers that they need. What are the business's goals so that we as a marketing department can deliver what you need? And, and I don't want to stray too away on this interview. Do you have any thesis on why marketing doesn't get a seat at the table and the way that it probably should? It's, it's a perception issue. Um, we talk about in the book about 50% of organizations see marketing as a, um, as a cost center as opposed to a revenue center. And so, unfortunately, perception of marketing in most organizations is not that marketing helps break in dollars. It is marketing does cute, fun things and they're creative, but they don't always think of us and the marketing department as the ones driving the leads and driving the sales that, that happen, that it make the company successful and, and bring in revenue for the company. So a lot of it is a perception problem. And that's in part why marketing leadership really has to flex its muscle and show we do want to, as a marketing department, reach these goals that are shared by the company, ones that really matter to the company, like revenue, as an example. Um, and we need to get as close to that measurement as possible to demonstrate that we as a department are serious about wanting to measure what the company needs. So here's a question out of left field. What companies do you think the marketing department does have a seat at the table at? Well, what we found in research is that if a company is perceived as a rev a marketing team is perceived as a revenue center as opposed to a cost center they are more likely to be involved in the discussions that go on they have that seat at the table with the rest of the c-level suite but again it comes down to that perception if your company thinks you're just making pretty pictures in marketing you're not going to get the seat at the table would you say that apple might have that seat at the table very likely, yeah. I mean, given the way that they market, I I think they're very they're very market marketing driven as a company. Um, so I would say that. But yeah, ab absolutely. And and when you see um, companies that, although name and title alone is not enough, but you see chief growth officers now, you know, where the company is putting a different spin on what the marketing leadership's role is. It's growth. It's revenue growth. It's not necessarily just as we've defined marketing in the past, you know, and so um, I think those types of partnerships are great uh, where you have a, uh, a title of chief growth officer, as long as it's not in title only, you know, if it's just, you know, a, a title that doesn't mean anything, the company really has to be committed to supporting that growth officer. You know, without actually knowing what's going on at these big, big, large companies and do they have the seat at the table, it, it almost feels like sometimes is it evident that it does. Um, Apple's one, another one that stood out to me, I think, I mean, what do you think? Geico was another one that. Yeah, they have very creative marketing as well. And um, I will say, you know, that you might think that larger companies by default have this down and have figured it out. But I can tell you, I worked with many, many Fortune 500 companies 
where marketing just doesn't have that seat yet. And it's, it's surprising, you know, um, especially when you have companies that do online transactions. So the revenue is very easily trackable. Um, sometimes marketing still does not have the cachet that they should with the company's leaders. Um, and so that we have a ways to go. We've got to prove ourselves as marketers to this group um, if we want to have that seat. But there are definitely really good examples of companies out there like Apple that that really center a lot of what they're doing around their marketing. Um, and I think that was, that's an excellent example. They're, they're a very good one. So one thing that keeps ringing in my head as we're, we're, we're in going through this interview is these tools. There's so many of them, right. And, and getting access to some of them, does the marketing department have them? It's so can you talk a little bit about not only getting access to, but how to integrate these tools? Well, the good news is that there's so many simple, simple ways to integrate now. Um, and we mentioned in the book a couple of different ways as well. Like, for instance, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Zapier as a tool. It basically takes, um, for anyone who doesn't know what Zapier is, it takes APIs from many different types of tools. And you can, without any programming knowledge, link information together. We use it a lot in our marketing department. Um, for instance, just something simple, for instance, like we wanted to take mark uh, signups from a, a go-to webinar signup form and integrate them into our CRM. And we use Zapier to do it. So there's lots of great tools like that, but Zapier is one that stands out. I really like using it. It's very simple and straightforward. But before you even get to that spot, you have to really understand what is the data that I want access to and where does it reside? Because that's going to define for you, first of all, do you have access to it? If not, you may have to work with another department. Um, like you mentioned QuickBooks, uh, you might have to work with the finance department. You may have to work with uh, uh, the sales department. Maybe you don't have access to the CRM. Um, so it's really critical to, to identify first the data you want and then figure out where it resides and then go and get that data. And then you can start to integrate it with the right partnerships inside the company. What would be a tool um, that you think uh, would surprise our listeners that marketing should have access to? I don't know if it would surprise everyone, but definitely the CRM. I, I've been surprised at how many marketing departments that I have worked with that don't have access to salesforce.com, which is sort of the, the behemoth in the industry, right? The gorilla in the industry. Um, and all too often, I find that the sales team will hold on to the CRM and not really sync information back from Salesforce to other tools like marketing automation tools and so forth. That's really disappointing because there's so much great information in the CRM, like for instance, um, if you as a marketer drive someone to the site, they become a lead and they close offline uh, with the Salesforce um, and that record is all there, you want to know things like lifetime value. What kind of contract values did you get um, from, from campaigns that you ran? And if you're a marketer and you don't have access to Salesforce, you had, don't have access to that contract value information or lifetime value information for contracts and things like that. So that's one I would say is really mission critical that I find it surprisingly a lot of marketing departments have been shut out of. Um, and every time I see that, I try and go in and say, can I just have a conversation with your sales team? <laughs> can we just tell them we're trying to make them successful? So giving us access and marketing to this tool will help us make sure we bring you better leads. And 
I don't know a salesperson out there who doesn't like a low-hanging fruit. Like they want to be able to close something very quickly and move on to the next thing. So the more that we as marketers can do that for them, the more information we have, the more we can deliver those types of leads to them. Um, and so it's a partnership. And unfortunately, I think there's a lot of, um, there's a, a chasm between sales and marketing in many cases. Which to me would be very surprising. I haven't worked at many, many uh, large companies that are, are have Salesforce teams and, and, and marketing teams in this in this regard. So I am a little bit surprised to hear how much there is a disconnect. Um, again, this this podcast is is dedicated to growth hacks, but it, it's always it, I'm always curious behind it. Do you think I mean, I would assume that has that comes down from leadership and sort of that that this idea that we need to take credit for certain things. And so like sales really holds a CRM and they want to be the ones that are that take the credit for the win, if you will. To some degree, that is correct. It's about taking the credit and it's also about having ownership of the data and um, that's what we have to get away from to some degree in our organizations whether that's data that IT has or data that um, sales has or marketing has we need to be able to share our data in an organization um, and, and not have these fiefdoms you know that are emerging inside of an organization because we all rely on that data and we can all be more successful when we have access to it. So I do think that many times it may be sales leadership that decides um, who gets access to the CRM. Um, there's also a lot of settings that you find like when you um, have a, uh, a campaign and let's say it goes through a marketing automation tool like a Marketo or HubSpot and then it syncs to your CRM like Salesforce or HubSpot again could be one of those. Um, what I also find is that that sales doesn't always sync that data back. You can also do that, right? So that like in Salesforce it can talk back to your marketing automation tool to um, say we did get a contract out of this campaign. This is what the value of it was. But again, it seems like they're holding so closely in sales sometimes that data that they're not willing to give it up. And that's unfortunate because, again, we can make them more successful as marketers. Uh, we can do that if we had the data. Yeah, it's I mean, it's credibly interesting that just communication uh, across the board is is not where it needs to be. But um, that'll be for maybe another podcast um, that can someone can solve for. Um, once you've got all this data integrated, what, what's the next step in the process? So you want to verify it for sure. That's one of the challenges is making sure you've set up everything correctly. Um, and it depends on the tool, how you have to do that verification, but I would test it. You know, I would even test it with a sample lead to see if everything flows correctly and flows backward correctly to the marketing team. Um, and then you want to be able to use that data um, throughout your campaigns. So in the book, we talk about a campaign framework where you're going to use data from the very beginning to the very end and throughout your campaign and you may make adjustments. So you want to be able to make sure that at the beginning of those campaigns, your tracking and integration is set up correctly because if you don't, you're going to get garbage in and that means garbage out. Like not, you're not going to get good stuff that you can use. So um, we want to make sure that everything is firing on all cylinders before we launch a campaign. You know, Jenna, we keep talking about this book. I think uh, we should talk a little bit about it um, before we end, the, end this interview. Well, I tell you, I wrote it because with my co-author, Julia, because I've run an agency for 15 years and um, it didn't matter if it was a small company or a large company. I saw many of the same problems. And this is the 
the the method, the methodology that I think every marketing team should use. Um, and it's, it's a framework that I think is broad enough that you can adapt it to your needs, but it gives you that framework to get started because that's really hard. I mean, trying to figure out where you go from here um, is tough. And in the book, we have an assessment. So you can sort of see, ask some questions. And we actually have a trial assessment too on the book website where you can just see like, where do I fall into my maturity for data first marketing? And then it will give you step-by-step -step instructions on, well, this is what you need to do then. If you, for instance, don't have access to the CRM, that's one of the first things we want to deal with or, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, I think that's, it's designed to be, hopefully helpful to all sizes of companies, in particular to marketing leadership, but um, but anyone in the marketing department and even CEOs, I think would benefit from reading the book and understanding what the expectations should be of marketing and what the company needs to give to marketing as well. Where could someone access the book? So it's on, on it's for sale uh, on amazon.com. So around the world, you can order it from there. Um, and um, you can also go to datafirstmarketing.com um, and take that mini assessment if you want to find out, um, you know, where you are. The book has a full assessment, but if you just want to, if you're curious and you want to see where you think you might lie, that might be a good place to start too. Well, Janet, thanks for coming on the show. We'll definitely have the links to the book and the assessment in the show notes. Really, really appreciate you having here. Hope to have you back soon. Thank you so much, Julian. It was great.